0: Welcome to Subject Matter Tabletop, <laughs> the podcast about board games and the subject matter that animates them. I'm Steve Gottsler. And I am Jordan Tynes,
1: And we are on site here at, at Gen, Gen Con 2023. It is exciting. We are, you can hear the little background noise. Mm-hmm. You'll probably hear some tour groups or whatever going yeah, by. But we but have, have rabbit packs
2: of uh, cosplayers <laughs> just like <laughs> hunting for blood. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and the voice you are hearing there is Jay Dragon. Yes. yes. Hello, hello. We designer are. Designer deep dive with Jay. We are very excited yes, to be here with you. very excited to I'm be super joined glad to be you, Jay. Somebody uh
0: Jay is the editorial director at Possum Creek Games uh publisher and designer of Sleep Away, Wander Home and the is it forthcoming uh, Yes yeah, Bed and it's Breakfast it's is the, that the, the proper PDF is out but
2: the Yes okay. Bed and Breakfast yeah. yeah yeah I'm very excited yeah. about it I'm, I I have, well, I have the it binder decently. in my backpack it's like two thirds oh, cool. the game that I use for like running it, and it's oh, uh, cool. wonderful It's fantastic yeah
0: so, just delighted to be joined by you today, Jay. Uh, thanks for sitting down to talk with us about game design and Thank all things so all me. things subject matter. Super uh, excited to be here in the hallways of the <laughs> ICC. <laughs> so,
2: the first thing we'll say is just what is important to know about Jay Dragon. So, um, I describe myself as a queer disabled game designer. Um, I make games that are very focused on community. Marginality, liminality—kind of just really interested in. Um, I talk about as marginalia. My mom is a map colorist. Uh, she's arguably one of the best in the world, which is a because really, there's not that many of them, so yeah. it's easy yeah. to be best in the world. But uh, as a kid, I was always really fascinated by like the monsters in the corners, mm-hmm. um, and so a lot of my work is about like, well, what is at the point where mm. uh, the map fades away, right? Like, yeah. Hixlund Dracones, mm. mm-hmm. which is you know, what's the what's the thing that lies. At the edge of the thing, and what happens when you make that the center? So mm-hmm. a lot of my games is about taking stories of transient stories of, of people who who exist at the edges, and being like, well, what happens when, when we find belonging at that at that edge mm-hmm. and bring it to the center?
1: That's interesting because
2: you know the edge of the map is supposed to be scary. Yeah, well, how do you make it inviting? Well, that's the thing, right? Is that it's 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 scary because it's unknown because it mm. lies beyond what we're working with, right? We, we find we find comfort in the mundane, but also the the, the rituals that form our, our lives, I mm-hmm. think, are comforting, but also very stifling. And I think oftentimes, especially for marginalized folks, mm-hmm. the, the space we find is where no one else will go, right? You can't, like, if you can't exist in the city, you go out to the edge of the map, right? And you find the monsters. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. monsters are also the things that can only exist at the edge of the map, right? Historically... Before kind of colonialism, um, it was very common for uh, mythology to exist in physical locations, right? Mm. Greek Mm -hmm. mythology—you can map onto the Mediterranean, right? You can go to the opening of of Hades, right? You can walk there; it's like Mm -hmm. a three-day walk.
1: You can go to where like Zeus did something. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Atlas
2: Mountain is a place in Morocco, (laughs) Um, and it's this understanding of like, oh, this this like our world exists. Present with us at the edges of our comprehension, right? Mm. Olympus is where the gods live, because no one could go to the top, right? If you mm. could go to the top, it is not where the gods would live. Mm-hmm. And similarly, you know, where do, where how do, how does queerness fit in? How does mm. you know, like, how does and like, you know, how do how do you exist when you're not let when you're not allowed in the middle of the map? Mm. Where do you go? You go to the mm. edge. Um, and so, a lot of my work is very interested in the edges of culture, the edges of society, the edges of where, what does it mean to find find space at that edge? Yeah,
1: <laughs> that idea. That so many maps read, "Here be monsters" or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, here, here, there be dragons. Which yeah, is just right. ironic
2: because of my last name. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's make those monsters awesome it's yeah. somebody yeah, yeah, yeah. we want to
1: explore and something yeah. we want
2: to look yeah. at and be a part of right let's, let's meet them yeah what's what's that story there well can
0: you tell us maybe a little bit about your story so what's yeah. the story of, uh, of j dragon game designer how did you get into game design what when did you decide that that was the sort of uh you know the medium that you wanted to use to
2: express your creativity um, so i got started with game design when i was around 13 or 14 when i started working for a larp summer camp hmm. Uh, I was running larps with like 80 people a, f- a production budget a costuming team oh, like cool. like a full ensemble of work awesome like when i was 14 15 yeah that's amazing and i worked a lot before i ever touched tabletop which mm. one person once described to me as a bit like doing ketamine before drinking <laughs> like it's like oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I, just, I just did cat. I, i've never tried alcohol though that's a little too intense. i just do a lot of no. beer. <laughs> <up here, yeah. laughs> exactly <laughs> that's funny um, and uh so i think like I, I was really into larp and larp was kind of my world and i kind of rejected tabletop for a long time because mm. it felt like a facsimile of larp right um. it's like oh we're not Brave enough to go in the woods and pretend to be elves. We're going to sit at a table and right. pretend to be elves. And then I finally played some games that made it click for me. I think uh, Ten Candles in particular. Okay. That was one where it was like, oh. This is a a thing you can only do in tabletop. This is kind of bringing mm. this this sense of of traveling into this different space present here. Can
0: for for listeners who may not be familiar with uh, that game? Can you say a little bit about yeah. what? Uh, uh,
2: ten candles is by Stephen Dewey, I believe. I got his name right. Hmm. Uh, he uh, it's a game where it's a tabletop game. It's a horror game. You put ten candles onto the table, uh. like actual candles, and you're hmm. playing in a dark room. And as you go, the candles go out one by one, uh, wow. and you can burn like parts of your character sheet to continue to survive. Wow. Oh, and once wow. the last candle goes out, uh, you all must die. Cool. Right, the, the, the horror is over. You are all yeah. murdered. Uh, and so, uh, yeah. it's a game that is a really unique atmosphere. Right. Yeah. And even the game text has this beautiful moment where it's like at the end of the game, there's this silence, and the whole point of the game is reaching that silence mm. at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that for me was like, oh, this is a thing you could only do in tabletop. And that's what really galvanized me. Um, and so, starting like 2018, 2019, I started writing a lot of tabletop. I started exploring like, play by post, kind of environments where I could try out these really weird things. Mm-hmm. I published my first game on itch.io uh, in mm-hmm. 2019. I was homeless. I had just dropped out of college. Mm-hmm. I was like writing games basically in my friend's like living room. Mm-hmm. I was curled up in the corner. Um, people really liked it. People mm-hmm. really liked, you know. I really since I really sleep away. That had a, a modest, a, a Kickstarter that felt very successful for me when I was homeless. Sure, but now it's a very modest success. Yeah. Um, it kind of kept growing after that. In 2020, I right before the pandemic, I quit my job as a as a as a like working at a copy shop, and I was like mm. sick of doing this. I think I can make tabletop my whole thing did wander home people mm. really liked wander home yeah. and then mm-hmm. everything from one of then, those people
0: yeah me yes too.
2: yeah i mean i'm now i now i co-run <laughs> possum creek games and that's kind of my whole world is just making making games publishing them making my own games other people's games kind of that's become my whole thing it felt very like there's a like i remember in or like a, a, an ex of mine we were talking recently and they told uh-huh. me that back in like 2015 2016 i was like upset and i was like i wish i could just write games for a living like i uh-huh. wish that was just my whole thing I didn't that's have amazing to, I'm bad at everything else. And you <laughs> just then made it a yeah, reality. Made it a yeah. reality. I, I got there and wildly through luck, luck, and talent, and marketing, and all the other things you need yeah. to be able to win the lottery that is. Uh, somehow making a living in this industry yeah. I got there So
0: well this is going to sound patronizing but I feel like congratulations you yeah, thank I, you. Mean, <laughs> I appreciate we, it we really enjoy the work you're doing and we're really glad that you have the space to do it so yeah, yeah. we're grateful I'm, I'm really awesome grateful
2: creep. that people resonate with the weird things I make because they are very definitely they are uh, about as far from what people think of when they think of a tabletop game Right. Yeah. Like I think I, I Yazebo's and Home are very much almost the the, the antithesis of D&D mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, so it, mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons so it feels very Reassuring that people resonate with that and able' to find an audience for that. Yeah, maybe that's a good
0: segue, uh, maybe to the next portion, which is to just speak a little bit about your approach and the kinds mm-hmm. of things that you focus and center. When you're designing games that make them feel so different from mm-hmm. the their sort of, you know, archetypal peers like Dungeons and Dragons,
2: for instance. So I think a big thing that stands out when a lot of people look at my games is the absence of violence or rather the the decentering of violence. Mm-hmm. I talked about this recently on another podcast, but the idea of um, what are the stories you get when you when you take kind of, like Dungeons and Dragons is a number of core things that is mm-hmm. built into its system that many people assume as kind of this default in the play space. And yeah. a big one of those is violence and conflict. Yeah. And if you take combat and you put it off to the side, right, you're saying this is no longer the centerpiece of our play. This is one of many possible things that exist in this play space. Mm-hmm. What other things that were being drowned out by the sound of conflict are now able to be heard? Um, and so that's really important to me is this idea of kind of exploring other stories um, a lot of them focus on is like agency and personhood, right? Who gets to tell their story? Who gets mm. to be centered in their story? Um, even challenging notions of storyness, right? Wanderhome, which is uh, mm-hmm. for the listeners who maybe don't know, a pastoral fantasy game about traveling animal folk. Yeah, um, the rules are very lightweight. The focus is kind of on like anyone can play, anyone can hop in and out of this. It's very much about kind of building into this environment together Mm -hmm. Um, and so a lot of my focus is on like how do I create kind of this environment that you get into and that's to me a very holistic process right like people think like a game designer is responsible for the text of the game but Mm -hmm. my business partner is the art director and so Mm -hmm. a lot of what she's doing right is making sure that the entire object invites you into the world of the game right that the cover Mm -hmm. that the art that the layout everything makes it feel like you are you have entered into this other space yeah. holistically, right? And this 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 way of in the same way that ten candles, the little candles on the table in the darkness of the room brings you into this other environment that's almost this ritual space. I want my books to be able to, I want my games to be able to have that same effect, even if it's in a different way, right? Wander Home's not making you feel like survival horror, but it's moving you into different. Space. What yeah. sort of
1: feedback do you get from players? I mean, I mean, I guess I'm sort of what I'm getting at is. How did you know that's the right direction to go in for you in an RPG play experiences?
2: I think truthfully, it wasn't like a thing that I market tested. It was just truly like, this is the thing I want to make. Mm -hmm. And if people don't like it, I'll be making it anyway, right? Mm. I'm thinking about this from a background of LARP, right? Running LARPs for kids is, frankly, much harder than writing tabletop (laughs) games because um, kids are much more demanding, and yeah. if they mm-hmm. don't like something, you'll know.
0: Um, <laughs>
2: and they won't, you know, they don't care about your feelings. they're you know, they're 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 little kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just gonna be like, this sucks. <laughs> um, and so you learn, you get a sense of like, well, what do I need to be doing? Um, but one of the things that one of the big things I learned is that like if I make something that I think is compelling that is entering into the space that I want to be in, there will be an audience there. There'll be people who are interested, mm-hmm. even if it's not the people who like are like, like even if it's not like, Everyone at this convention cares, right? In fact, there's probably, you know, like, it's like... Probably twenty percent of the people at this convention are fascinated by my work, right? Twenty percent of the convention immediately are repulsed by it. Mm. But that's mm. great. I'd much rather that mm-hmm. yeah. than mm-hmm. everyone being a little on board, mm. right? I'd rather have I'd rather have a group of people who are like, "This is the thing that I needed at my darkest point," and then there's other mm-hmm. people who are like, "This is not for me." This is like, I don't I don't know. That's fine. That's yeah. great. Like, they, there's plenty of other games for the people who don't like my stuff. I'm, sure, I'm right. making stuff for the people who aren't getting games, mm-hmm. right? Like. There's, I perhaps feel arrogant to say, there's not many people who are making the stuff that I'm making, and thus, I'm speaking to a group of people who don't normally get to be. That's true.
1: Mm. I I notice, you know, one of the things that I was going to say is that as we were wandering through the vendor hall, we, when we first met you, stumbled upon your booth not knowing anything about Wanderholm at that point. Mm. But being immediately sort of welcomed by it because it felt so distinct from Mm -hmm. i mean any anything that stands out in the sea of that Hall, which is basically Mm -hmm. big enough to like show you the curvature of the earth (laughs) um right you can is going to stand out a little bit but um
2: there was something about it's very inviting. Yeah, we talk a lot about wanting to create um, spaces that are that are different than everything else. Right, so want to create kind of this environment where you can go in and mm, like people talk about it like as coziness. And to me, it's not quite coziness. Mm. It's more about like a respite, right? That there's this mm. that I'm I'm bringing you into this world where. Um, You can find comfort in a way you couldn't before. Hmm. Um, and I think that the booth, I mean, you know, booth's really good at that. We got a lot of fake flowers. It's really, I think it's it, it turned out really inviting. It's always, it always kind of has this very comforting vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, And, you know, as we continue to grow and do stuff, it's like, you know, when I, my Discord server, I've tried to run it that way, right? It's kind of creating this space where it's like, this is a space where we can be present with each other, right? Mm-hmm. And that means that we like. It's not a space where it's like, oh, you know, like you're coddled, but instead, it's a space where you are valued, right? Which mm-hmm. I think is a very. I think it's easy to confuse those sensations, mm-hmm. but one of them is much more important to me. Than the other.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it. It almost wander home. That is, uh, it's like peaceful, without being complacent. Yes, like, that makes sense as a yes. as a description. So. It's a kind of restive piece that the game exudes where you can be at rest together while mm-hmm. w- while not losing sight of like the work that happens all the time at the table and thus also just like in the world. Um, yeah, I, I, I love the game. I could gush about the game for quite a bit. I'll try to not. Would you um, say that the game is restorative? Restore, you know, that's a good question. Because I'm just, often
1: exhausted by games.
0: I would say Wander Home I have never... S- ended a session of Wonder Home and thought, gosh, I need a break from Wonder Home. I've mm. almost always felt like, oh, it'd be nice to use the bathroom or like get a cup of water, but I would love it if the only, because I've played it with my students in courses on fantasy literature that I teach. And so we do a little unit on fantasy gaming and we talk about D&D. I show them like the, the first edition handbook from 79 or whatever. And we talk about how crazy Gygax is and how it's linked to like <laughs> combat gaming and more simulations and all this stuff. And then I give them your game. And it's always just such an amazing and I guess maybe restorative experience after slogging through like late 70s D&D handbooks with them Hmm. Mm -hmm. to play that game. Uh, The things that I admire most about it are the ways in which its character creation and land creation systems enable players to have... Probably the most collaborative and immersive experience I think I've had at a, at a, at a role-playing table. Usually there's like a give and take on those two Other things, right? The less collaborative it is, the more immersive it becomes because the DM is like painting a picture... Or the more, collab- uh, the more the less immersive it is, the more we're collaborating. Because there's no but, DM yeah. here, right? Yeah,
2: there can be, but the, the role of the guide is very flexible for the table. So yeah. like, there's some tables where it's like, we would really benefit from having one person handling the setting. And then there are other tables where everyone's doing it together. Mm-hmm. A big part of Wanderhome is the notion of, this is a game you can take at your own pace. Mm-hmm. Um, Yuseba's, I think, even more so. Um, which, for again, listeners who don't know, is a slice-of-life RPG about an interdimensional bed-and-breakfast and the folks who work there. Um, a big thing about Yuseba's is there's no character creation, and playing it takes like an hour and a half, mm. but mm. your choices put stickers into the book that change it for the future, mm, cool. so you're committing to a really short amount of time, right? You don't have to play it for four hours, you don't have to play a campaign, you can play it for an hour and have a fun time, yeah. but the choices you make matter. They're going to last in the book the next time I pick it up and run it with other people. The things you've done mm. have changed the game. And that the reason for that is because I don't want to make a game where it feels like you matter and you're contributing, but... That you're not kind of caught in that and wander home i think as well it's a game that very much invites you like if you can't talk right if you're just going to sit there and draw the whole time that's still playing Wander home right mm. you're still present in the space right wander home is about collectively building an environment mm-hmm. and positioning ourselves in that environment um without kind of being beholden to a high level of exertion or like you have to really throw yourself in it's like no sink into it let you know as you said the the land creation where Wanderhome has a lot of rules around like building an environment you're in and the people who are there that was really important to me because I wanted every place you go to to feel as developed as a character Mm. I like to joke that um uh, a good wander Home session sounds like the most bizarre thing to outsiders, right? Cause you'll be like, yeah, we had a great time. We talked about um, like how goats would build houses for an hour. And <laughs> then like, we met an old guy with a pipe that had like some carvings on it. And then we went to a bar and like yeah, had yeah, a yeah. weird dream about mm-hmm. a dragon's egg. And that was a yeah, wanderhome yeah, yeah. session. And it's like completely baffling to it. outsiders. Like I there's no, it. like what, what was that? And it's like, it's like I, real travel, in yeah, a way. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's like yeah. it's a bit like the picaresque, right? It's a bit, yeah. um, it's a bit of that, like we are just journeying and experiencing, and we are we're not trying to like have a narrative arc. Yeah. Wanderhome very set very much says like this is not about telling stories. This is not a game about. Collaboratively constructing a narrative. This right. is a game about experiencing a world. Yes. And through that we're like meeting the world and befriending the world and caring for it and learning about it and yourselves and how you relate to it. Yeah. And then, you know, years you know, like, like down the line, maybe you can go back and be like, here's the story of mm-hmm. the campaign. But that's a thing you apply after that it's yeah. not a thing that you are you have to construct in the moment,
1: yeah, I see how wander home is connected to transience i mean just yes. in the, like everything mm-hmm. you say about it is like is all about being on the move and being okay with a sort of uh home within yourself in this nomadic lifestyle yazzeba's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, is is interesting because. I also see the transients in that it's like a kind of a hotel setting, right? You know, yeah. there's always people kind of coming and going yeah. and other creatures mm-hmm. coming and going. Yeah, there's I,
2: like guests who, there's some guests who, there's a guest who, um, every, like they're the stag of the Great Hunt. And when they leave, you set an alarm on your phone for one year from today. Okay. And cool. at, at once that completes, they will return to the bed and breakfast. Whoa. Um, or there's a guest that uh, wow. yeah, there's a there's a guest that uh, that um, that like goes to its thing and leaves, but it can come back the next time you move. Mm-hmm. Right, uh-huh. so if you move to a new house in real life, the guest can return. Yeah. To you. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, and so things I like that, that, where it's like the the game. Uh, is responsive to the world around you, but in a transient way, right? It's not like oh, we have to stick with this. It's like it can come in and come out and yeah. float around.
1: The other, the other thing I was going to ask you about is with regard to Yazebas Is in your mind, is there anything about labor in this game? Because you, you mentioned that these people are working there. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so there is. There's. I there was a really interesting moment I had where I was talking to a journalist about yaziba 's and they assumed the main characters were the guests, and the people working there were NPCs, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is a fascinating assumption to make. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. It immediately was like, oh, that's very revealing about who you think are the important people in the story. And And what we expect from games. Games. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. It's normal for games. But this is a game about the people who work there. And there are interesting moments. We kind of intentionally avoid kind of like, like Yazeba is the boss. It's clear that she doesn't actually have much to do with the day-to-day running, so we kind of let players figure out labor relations at the Mm. table. Um, But the focus is very much on, like, there's a chef, there's a housekeeper. Part of one of the characters finding their home at the bed-and-breakfast is figuring out how to take care of it or finding their job there. So there is kind of this focus on that, but it's not about, like, oh, you have to make enough to live. It's about, Mm. like, working at the bed-and-breakfast is about finding how you can take care of the space. Mm. The bed and breakfast itself... Yuzeba sold her heart to create the bed and breakfast, which Mm. means she gave away the one part of herself that could appreciate what she made. Um, Which means, like, she sacrificed... She sacrificed uh, her ability to care for others to make a space that can care for people. Mm. Cool. Um, And so a big part of the game is, like... How do you fit into that? How do you care for this house that she cannot love, right? But like she is in charge of, mm-hmm. um, and there's a there's a lot to that, and it's, it's almost like spoilers. Like there's things mm. I want to tell you about that I quite can't because uh, okay. it's like later in the book. Exactly, and I kind of want you to like read it and find it. <laughs> yeah, um, but oh, I will. Yeah, there's a lot of I think there's there's a lot there about. Um, I guess one thing I can say is, uh, like, the night porter used to be her apprentice, and oh, the, Gertrude's. A lot of Gertrude's arc is about finding whether or not she wants to be Yazeba's apprentice. So there's a lot of things that are about kind of what are what's your role here, what's your mm-hmm. labor relationship, mm-hmm. um, and if Wander Home is about trying to find a home, Yeziba's is about trying to take care of a home, um, which and like specifically taking care of a home that you know, maybe doesn't fit in with the rest of the world, right? It's kind of at the edge of things. It's Mm -hmm. a place for weirdos and misfits, but you can find a spot there, right? Gertrude, who, if Yazavis is the main character, it is Gertrude, she ran away from home, right? She's a runaway, and she shows up on the front door, and she doesn't even, she can't even find a spot at the bed and breakfast, so she sleeps in the laundry Mm. room, right? She's very, and it's kind of that story of, like, where do you go when you don't have a home? Where can you find? What what does it mean? And so yeah. the guests are the people who do have a home elsewhere, and they can come and they mm-hmm. can stay and they can be present, they can leave. But the residents of the people where the bed and breakfast is their
1: home. Have you ever imagined somebody from Wander Home coming into and staying in the, uh, the oh, bed and breakfast? Oh, easily, it would be the easiest thing in the world. No, it, it's yeah. so
2: natural. It is truly like Wander Home. Wander Home was a bit. I wrote Wanderhome while we were working on Yazebas. Right, we started mm-hmm. working on Yazebas November 2019, and it's coming out in February 2024. Wow. so that's like four, four yeah. plus years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was working on Wanderhome in that time, and Wanderhome is very much me exploring a couple things from Yazebas that interested me, and like what happens basically if we have the, the kind of the the like the narrative sent like emotional world of Yazebas, but I focus on a different part of it. Mm. But Yazeba's for me has always been like, what is the the ups and downs of dealing with community? What does it mean to care for people? It
0: sounds really fascinating. I mean, one of my Mm -hmm. favorite things as we were just discussing about Wanderhome is the approach it takes to like space and place and Mm -hmm. movement through space and places. And it sounds like you're exploring really interesting ways of thinking about movement through time in Yazeba's because the space and place is singular in a way. One of the Um, the
2: big things we play with with Yazeba's is um, there's a bunch of chapters that are kind of like these mini adventures or it's mm -hmm. an hour long kind of plot that you go through. Um and those are um those are non-chronological and kind of intentionally like almost like episodes of a TV show caught mm. out of order. Uh-huh, okay. But the journey of the characters that every single character sheet has a little journey on it that you're updating as you go through and you're oh. doodling on and you're making yeah. marks cool. on. That informs other people who pick up that character, right? If, if I play Gertrude, I make some notes yeah. next time you play Gertrude, you have the notes uh, I
0: took. Okay. And you have
2: the advancement on her journey.
1: Um, oh, that's cool. That's yeah. awesome. That's a more more collaborative elements to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I have, I have of building a space here. some questions here for you about uh, this is sort of extrinsic to the game a little bit, mm-hmm. the games that you design. But I'm hoping that we can create some link linkages conceptually here. Mm-hmm. You know, you have are very vocal about creating a, a broader, more inclusive community for gamers, made by gamers, like yourself and everybody mm-hmm. else, right? And I'm just wondering. If maybe you want to say a few things about that to contextualize some of those efforts that you have have made but also if you can like how your games support some of those efforts
2: yeah that's a great question um i think that a lot of what i'm i'm interested in is making uh is 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 carving out the space for people to make games and play games um that are beyond my conceptualization, right? Like, what's important to me is I have my world and I have the people that I want to be seeing playing games and I have mm-hmm. the people I want to invite to the table. And then beyond that, there's another set of monsters, right? There's the Kicks on uh, mm-hmm. goes beyond my map as well. Yeah, and yeah. it's important to me that I'm inviting not just the people I can see, but the people I don't know about yet. Mm. That there should be a space for people. Like, I always say this Wanderhome, that Wanderhome will have succeeded when I see people playing it in ways that I didn't think counted as play. Right. And then people are playing it that way. And that Mm -hmm. means that I've done it. Because the thing about expanding the people you're invited, diversity is the first step. It's kind of a dog shit first step even. It's just (laughs) kind of like, who can we invite to the table? And it's like, that's not the question. The question is, what new tables can we make? Mm -hmm. Right? When we expand what play means, who now can play that couldn't before? Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me that's really important in my games it's really important in my personal philosophy there's more I want to be doing that I just don't have time for I've mm-hmm. got like things that I've planned out and then I've never done that are like ah, oh, this would be so good if I could pull it off <laughs> but um, the big thing that we do is a grant program uh, which we, we did back in 2021 where we gave money to 40 designers to just make content for Wander Home they just kind of submitted their little pictures oh, cool. and we were like yeah sure make, make this make a playbook make a whatever if you don't actually end up making it because life got in the way, whatever. You still have the grant money. I don't, get it. I don't give cool. a hell. Amazing. You know, it just kind of was just free money. Make stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was awesome to Keep see what get creative made. Get creative with it. Yeah, yeah. like, submit a thing we'll give you a couple hundred bucks for it. We we'll want to see you make a weird thing. Yeah, Is that yeah. how
1: some of the, like, Paraphernalia for Wanderhome got produced, like we on my wall oh, and on your wall with the yeah. cloth season. Mess, oh no, that, so that, like, was calendar? Of, that
2: was part of the Kickstarter, oh, but man. it, was, it was mostly if you yeah. go on itch.io and you look in the Wanderhome tag, oh, okay. there's a really thriving community of creators, and a lot of them got their start. Like I know a lot of people who actually got their start in making games. From the Hate Grant, where they got Mm, they got two hundred bucks, and for the you know it was was almost like running a Kickstarter, right? Where you Mm -hmm. get a little bit of money, you have to budget out how you're going to spend it, and you have to make a thing. Mm -hmm. But the difference is that you're not beholden to an audience; you just get to make a thing. Mm. And so it's great practice for a lot of folks to get a sense of what it's like to find an editor or an artist and to like do their little thing. And I says that I, I see how that says a lot
1: about your design being open enough to accommodate. That kind yeah. of activity, right? You, you aren't like, nope. This is a closed, sealed-up text
2: that only I can create for. Oh God, no, absolutely. I mean, like, the thing that makes like, it makes games special is they're like each one is like half a half a finished thing mm-hmm. because every single game requires community to finish it,
0: mm. and
2: so it's fantastic to be able to just invite everyone to the table, right? Even if they make stuff mm-hmm Maybe I would have maybe if I took a shot at that I maybe would have done it a little <laughs> bit more polished but mm-hmm. I yeah. that doesn't that that doesn't matter right there are people who are doing things that I couldn't do there are, there are things out there for wander home that felt beyond my scope that mm. people really were able to capture in really interesting ways um, yeah that's
1: a beautiful sort of rhizomatic idea to mm-hmm. building mm-hmm. to to creating anything let alone games right yes, you know to,
2: to being open I mean it's that open source philosophy yes absolutely the, the games like that games are interesting because everyone can play them and everyone can make things for them. And that ultimately, my games, I like to say, I hope that after playing it for long enough, you can be a game designer, right? That, like, you play Wander Home for long enough, it's going to start asking you to make choices that are game design decisions, Mm. right? It's going to be like, hey, you know, add whatever you want from another playbook to this one and those choices you make right what do you choose to bring in that's a game design choice you know it's going to say like um you know uh change a rule of the game it's going to invite these alterations and like yuzeba's even more so right we're like Mm -hmm. by the end of it the the copy of yuzeba's bed and breakfast you have is uniquely yours no one else has a copy that's like that and that is kind of the magic of it is that that at the end of the day you're a game designer too
0: is there anything else going on in tabletop right now that's exciting you that you're excited Hot about take. that's not Ooh. a Possum Creek endeavor, but yeah. just things that you're stoked on,
2: or maybe not so stoked uh, on? Should, you, know, you don't have to be critical if you don't yeah. want to. But I'm, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, everyone should go read Under Hollow Hills by the Baker Ooh, Family. Okay. Cool. Uh, it's it's a phenomenal game. It's by the same people who did Apocalypse World, and it is them. Uh, Apocalypse uh, uh, powered by the Apocalypse games. If you're not familiar with the genre, tend to ossify into a particular style mm-hmm. that people tend to cling to. Mm. Uh, Underhall Hills thumbs its nose at this and says, okay. Hey, this thing that you're all working from can be anything you want. It is a game about a group of traveling fairies in an underground fairy circus going from world to world. Uh, and it is incredible beyond belief. Uh, oh, wow, that sounds great. Okay. Yeah. Read Underhall Hills. Uh, play Underhall Hills. Uh, check out Apocalypse Keys by Ray Najati. Ray is, to me, one of the most fantastic designers mm. in the space right now. And uh, his work on Apocalypse Keys for Evil Hat is an absolute delight. It's very big. It's a, it can be a little daunting, but it's mm. also, like, if you dig into it, there's some real meat there. Mm-hmm. Um, what else am I really excited for? Uh, game's really good. Check out Itch.io. Uh, the Itch.io game scene has some of the most yeah. creative, inventive, weird yeah. stuff happening. And I encourage everyone listening to go and find a game that they did not previously consider could count as a game. Mm. Right? I read a game recently called uh, You Are a Wizard by Valentine where uh it is just it's written entirely in ms paint in comic sans Amazing. <laughs> and it's a bunch of like fun little drawings of wizards and instructions on what it's like to be a wizard with cool. no rules on how to play the game and then at the end of it it gives you a little game you can play to match up the wizards and the art from the rest of the thing with a bunch of names and figure out which wizard goes with which name um, and weird. it's so weird. Cool. It's, there's no <laughs> rules. There's just instructions on being a wizard, which is better than. Rules. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it is incredibly it's so fun. Yeah. Um, and I really like find games you
1: didn't previously consider could be games. I'm getting uh, sort of maybe a common thread of something here. Some of the things that you have done in your own designs, but also things that you seem to be interested in this sort of blend of gaming
2: and life yes I think that um, our understanding of what a game can be is incredibly limited and I think it's even more limited as we live in an age where gamification mm. is very common right the mm-hmm. commodification of life into game right yeah. when I was working at Staples they were like doing the orientation and it was the, they gave you this like point and click game to play to teach you <laughs> how to work at Staples yeah. And it's horrible. It's horrendous. It's the cruelest <laughs> thing you can do to a game is turn it into this yeah. avenue for teaching work. Um mm. and I think that games should feel like games should feel like magic, right? Games should feel like like the reason why I love LARP, the reason why I struggled for so long with tabletop is that I want games to feel like I am entering into another world, a world that uh, is I, want, I want to be, I want to experience something transformative mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the most exciting games to me are not the ones, like people love to say, like oh we're telling a story with our game, or right? we're telling mm-hmm. a story with our friends. To me, that's not even the half of it. I want a game that brings me to Narnia, right? I want mm-hmm. a game that would that, that go through the wardrobe. I want games that, that transform me um, mm-hmm. and that's the kind of stuff I like to make, that's the kind of stuff I like to find. I like games that challenge me, I like games that are weird, games that are impossible. Um, mm. And that's the sort of stuff I, tr- I try to make, and I try to make a thing that is both something you maybe never would have considered could be a game before this, but also is somehow the easiest thing for you to climb into. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like a game that I can play with my mom or my grandmom and also a game that uh, I can that like can can feel deep. Yeah, it's the kind of too. a
1: nice, beautiful mindfulness activity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Right, getting getting games to just. You need to appreciate your surroundings a little bit more yeah. in different, or not even necessarily appreciate them, but look at them yes, and, and think about
2: them. A game that changes your relationship with the world, mm-hmm. right, in a way that is positive, in mean, a way that's compelling. That's not mm. uh, that's not gamification. That's not Candy Crush, right? But that right. is like, you know, that it does not that does not lock you out of the world, but instead bring you closer to the people. And that might
0: indeed there. enable you to imagine a different world.
2: Yes, right? absolutely. Mm.
0: Um, that, that was lovely. That yeah. was a wonderfully romantic, um, sentiment about really playing games. I used to work at a LARP camp. Yeah. <laughs> were awesome. Speech, all um, all right, let's do this rapid fire stuff. Yeah, you, yeah, you can go ahead and get started, Jordan, and I okay. will be right there. All so, nice. right. So,
2: what was the last game you played? Last game I played was Worlds Without Number by Kevin Crawford. I kind of had an OSR moment. Uh, or actually, Prince of Hounds playtesting, another game that I Wrote. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Uh, you may have already spoken about this, but what is your
0: personal favorite game? Under All Hells by Under the Bankers. Please yeah. read it. Please, <laughs> okay. Please, okay. please, please. please. We will do it. All right. Okay.
1: This is slightly different. What is the best game
0: you've ever played?
2: The best. Best game I've ever played is Ten Candles. I think that is. I think that still stands out to me as as the best game I've ever played. Awesome. Um, or maybe The Quiet Year. I think Quiet Year is the best put together game. Ooh, oh yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. I, I I like The Quiet Year too. It's really especially I mean, it's, I mean, it's phenomenally put together. Even if it's not as transformative as Ten Candles, I think it is a beautifully compiled object. It, I, is, it is it yeah. is complete in its form. I love that it sits on my shelf in a burlap sack. Oh, it's so fun. Yeah, it's like <laughs> tucked in there, yeah. like a book, like holding up a bookshelf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Okay, uh, co-op or competitive? Um, Competitively cooperative, right? I want to play to win in a space where everyone else is also playing to win, right? Like, I'm going to play a magic tournament where Mm. at the end of the game, if I lose, I can shake my opponent's hand and feel Mm. good about it. That, to me, is the ideal. Cool.
1: What is your favorite snack to bring to board game day?
2: Uh, my favorite stack is going to be uh, pretzels or like a large thing of punch. Mm. Uh, pretzels are fantastic yeah. because they are crunchy and salty and they have all the things you need, but they don't get shit on your hands, mm-hmm. right? Oh, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. good call. Cool. Like I love pretzels. I, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a
0: fan of peanut butter pretzels. Mm. Oh, the little mm-hmm. peanut butter I love the yogurt ones. coated ones. Mm-hmm. Those aren't great for mm-hmm. game night, but they're just good. right? Uh, okay, what do you want to see more of
2: in our games? Um, weird stuff. As I mentioned before, like, Yazebas, a lot of Yazebas was like, we want as many pages as possible that make a game designer go, you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, and I want to see more weird things. I want to have games that make me feel like I'm not allowed to do that. I didn't know you were allowed mm. to put that in a game. Holy shit. And mm-hmm. they did. I want more on stuff like that. What do you want to see less of? Oh, um frankly i i just want to see um less universality i love it when people make like i love osr i love dcc i love the classics i want people to stop treating that like it's the default or even like the Mm -hmm. expectation Mm -hmm. i want it to be understood that it is a style of play among many Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i think i'm I'm, i I want people to make as many weird games as possible including stuff that is normal but i don't want it to be considered to be the center Mm -hmm.
0: What is your dream meeple shape or just component if you could have one bespoke um, component tabletop component what would it be in the shape
2: of I want to find a way to do I mean for first up, you know making games kind of like just make the things you want yeah, but not. I would love like a, a token that looks like a Token. I don't quite know what a token would look like mm. because a token is such an abstract object yeah. that it can kind of be anything. But I would love to find a meeple where I'm like, yeah, that's a token, right? Yeah. That yeah. is yeah. undeniably <laughs> totally yeah. a token. The yeah. token token. Uh, and I've not yet fa- I've not yet quite love found it. what that is.
1: Maybe a poker <laughs> chip. I don't know. If you could see any subject matter turned into a game,
2: what would that be? Serious Unfortunate Events. I If I could take like mm-hmm. one IP and mess with it, it would be Serious Unfortunate Events. Mm-hmm. I think the idea of a game uh, where with an unreliable narrator as the author of the game, mm-hmm. and similarly an unreliable narrator as a GM, could be like a really interesting take on like a paranoia style. Like, I just think that would be really neat. Mm. Otherwise, my other thing would be, I really want an indie game, like a not-D&D game, that does miniature combat well. And the only one i found that's kind of like that is Lancer, but I really want to be able to do mm. a tabletop game, where I have a reason to paint minis and yeah. then move them around on a mm. board and, like, yeah. make elaborate sets, but I have not yet found the game that, that, that really feels like it invites me mm. to do that.
0: Uh, okay, if you could see any game adapted into some other cultural form, so, like, a novelization of a board game or, like, you know, a, an example I often use is, like, oh, a terraforming Mars as a fresco or something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, what would that be? And feel free to choose one
2: of your own designs if you want. We've had people do that. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure. I think I would love <laughs> Wander Home as made by the studio that did Secret of Kells. Mm. I think it would be my pick, mm. right? I would really love, or like, you know, like like, a, a, a Wander yeah, Home know. animated thing yeah. mm-hmm. that is abstract and weird and two-dimensional and has like a bunch of like interesting, like, I don't know, there's a very like kind of like. Uh, representational almost like medieval hmm. painting style oh, or see. style yeah. to it, right? Cool, we'll yeah. something cool. like uh, illuminated, in, uh, yes, manuscript? Like, yeah, illuminated yeah. manuscript. Also, like stained I watched that. My mom and I have been so close so many times to just making like the illuminated book version of Wander Home, and oh, be, like five years cool. and like a ton of work. Yeah, be awesome would be so cool to like oh, illuminated that a manuscript. I would RPG. totally do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like, can't All right. What's your favorite randomizer, dice or cards? Dice and cards are so fundamentally different that it's almost hard to choose because yeah. dice are putting your fate in the hands of God, right? Mm-hmm. You're like you're inviting, like you're being like, I don't know how this will go. Yeah. Whereas a deck of cards is predetermined, and thus it is the feeling of inevitability. Mm-hmm. So I cannot pick mm-hmm. a favorite, but I I just, I do think that they have fundamentally different emotional properties, to mm-hmm. them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that when answer. rolling dice feels more under your control than drawing a deck of cards, even if the odds are exactly the same.
0: Totally fair answer. Thank mm-hmm. you. Okay. It, um, if you could give one piece of advice, and this doesn't have to be the only piece of advice you would ever give, right? Uh, oh, but, no, I can never uh, give advice again. <laughs> but one piece of advice to an aspiring designer, what would you say, right?
2: Um, It's maybe not the only thing you'll ever say to them. Yeah, so no, 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 no You don't no, have that pressure. for
0: sure. <laughs> but what, you know, what's um, one thing? Um,
2: I say... Um, stop worrying about marketability stop worrying about making the thing that other people are currently making don't look around and be like what's the big trend that i have to hop on that's useless mm-hmm. the reason why it's a big trend is because everyone's done all the good ideas already mm-hmm. uh, people aren't looking for the ten thousandth mech game they're looking <laughs> for your mech game right make the thing you want to make and mm-hmm. don't give a shit about what the market says because frankly unless you are like you know a large game company the market is too small for you to be like trying to ride a bandwagon you don't you are too small stop trying to act like a big business you are one person making things for fun so my advice is just make what you want if you can find an audience that's good otherwise just make more of what you want stop worrying about how you can invite you like you catch an audience you're too small for that to matter
1: wonderful that's amazing jay thank you yeah it's been an absolute pleasure jay thank you so much for joining us and uh i hope you enjoy the rest of your con yeah likewise i look forward to receiving my copy of Yeziba's bed and breakfast (laughs) i am so
2: excited to be able to get that one out into the world uh
1: we look forward to it and maybe we can check in again someday
2: yeah i look forward to it maybe next year i'll see you around yeah for sure Well, we'll probably see you in the next couple days at the booth maybe yeah i'm sure you will Uh,
0: uh this has been subject matter tabletop we'll see you around the table